Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners, and nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back after our little break. And Kelsey, you got me in trouble, by the way. I'm like the teacher calling you on it because Kelsey said, boys and girls, that I didn't, we didn't have to tell anyone that we were taking a little break. And I've had so many people going, what's happening? Where have you gone? What's happening? And so how the podcast works is that we do 10 weeks in a row, so 10 sessions once a week, and then we have a little break for a month, and then we do another 10. So the seasons are 10 in a row, and then we take a little break for a month. So if we go missing, it doesn't mean that we've disappeared forever. And Kelsey told me not to tell you. That is my fault. I thought maybe they wouldn't notice, but I'm so glad they do. We take a break so that I can go try all the positions and all the toys that Tracy mm-hmm. has suggested to us That's on the right. podcast. So then I can come back and I can tell her how it all went. But no, I'm so glad people missed us. Yes, they did. So that's how it all starts. So so that's the plan for it. So yes, I'm glad people missed us as well. And we've got lots and lots and lots of questions, which is great. Yes. So we'll get started. It's um, I do think it's it's the holidays when we're starting to record this. And I must say, this is the time for sex. There's not a lot else to do. It's dark early. I'm, I'm here Even for in it. LA. Yes, I mean, it is dark by five o'clock. So I would just like to say, if you have nothing else to do, this is a great time to try some new things. And Tracy Cox, it kills me that that's your last name. It gets me every time. But um, she's got some great advice. And I, I told her that my this is my New Year's resolution, is that I'm going to start being okay talking about this stuff and trying these things because it turns out this is great stuff. So should we get started? First question? Yeah. All right. I've gone from one extreme to another. My previous partner used to take so long to orgasm during intercourse, I'd be practically asleep. With my new boyfriend, it's over within two minutes. I really like him and want to make this work. I don't want him to go on for hours, but 10 or so minutes would be good. How can I help him last longer? Right. Well, I think we should start with a reality check first. Now, I want you to tell me, me, Kelsey, how long do you think the average man lasts from the first second of penetration to ejaculation? What do you think the average man lasts? So once they enter inside you, how yeah, long? Before ejaculation. Six minutes? Well, if you ask the average man, they say between 15 minutes and an hour, right? The correct answer is two to three minutes. They just pump and, the pump and dump. Man. Wow. 
And another, um, they did another recent survey, actually, study, and that was 5.4. So it's gone up a little tiny bit, but it's somewhere between two and five minutes. And yet we have in our heads that that is premature ejaculation. And it isn't. Premature ejaculation, by the way, is if you ejaculate within 60 seconds of penetration, which some people don't even make it that far. They ejaculate before they even get inside. Like sometimes you can have men, you take off their underwear and they'll have already ejaculated. So it's a real problem for lots of men. It really is. But um, there are many causes of, of which affects how long you're going to last in bed. Number one is genes. If you're dad didn't last very long, you're probably about the same. Size, so the smaller your penis, the bigger the concentration of nerve endings, so you're likely to ejaculate earlier. And whatever masturbation technique you grew up with, the faster you can masturbate, the faster you usually ejaculate because you've trained your penis to do it that way. But there is lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff that you can do to slow him down. And the first one is something I never thought I would be promoting, which is a delay spray or cream. Now, these are creams that you put on the penis. They've got a numbing effect. So they desensitize. And they used to be absolute rubbish. Kelsey, I can't tell you how they were terrible. They did nothing. They used to make everybody feel numb. It was just a disaster. But now there's really good formulations. I do one in my range called um, Edge Delay Spray. And there's one in America called Promescent, which is really famous. You probably even heard, they advertise it all the time over there. So they really do work. But again, it depends on what causes the, the guy to last longer, to not last very long, sorry. Other sort of things she's probably heard already, but worth repeating, masturbate beforehand. The more often you have an orgasm, the longer it's going to last the next time. Wear a condom. Not popular because no one likes wearing condoms, but you can buy desensitizing condoms that really do work. And if you have sex more often, it tends to get him to last longer. Don't use your favorite position because that, that you're trying to reduce stimulation. And the worst positions for men who don't last very long is doggy and missionary. That's when they most lose control. So you're better off quite trying it like an adventurous position where you really have to think about, you know, like a standing position maybe is a good idea. And um, shallow thrusting like side-by-side -side positions are quite good because you tend not to get carried away. And her on top, very good, big tick, because she's in control and she can see how aroused he's getting. How are these sounding so far, Kelsey? She's I mean, like, yes, yes. No, I, you know, I, we've talked about this a lot and some people that I've dated and just this idea that, it's, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but you tell me that guys can train for this mentally. They can, they can make a decision that they are going to work on this so that they can pleasure us more. Because I do think that all of us as women know how, how to have an orgasm or if we masturbate or how, what, what to do to stop that from finishing. And I do think that there's something that it's the duty of a man to be able to say, like, I'm going to work on this. I'm not just going to I'm not just going to come whenever I want and have this be done and you're going to have to deal with it. But I do think that you can train yourself. I believe now that most things physically we can affect with mm. our brain. And so having the intention that you are going to slow down and you are going to be mindful of what you're feeling and be connected enough for the man to be connected enough to what he's feeling that when he's about to be there, he makes a different decision. Mm. He pulls out, he takes a minute, but he has to be conscious and he has to be willing to give up that feeling that's about to happen mm. in order to stay with you for a little bit longer. That's it. You can actually train yourself. I mean, 
You can and you can't because some of this is genetics and some of this, some some guys, it's it's all to do with so many different factors and you can have such a, a sort of perfect storm of all the factors happening at once that make it really, he could try all the techniques in the world and it's never going to happen properly for him. But there is a technique called edging or peaking, which you might have heard about. And if you, if it's quite, a, it's, it's actually not as involved as it sounds, but there is a good um big sort of comprehensive how to do it thing. If you go into my website and type in peaking, you can find it. And it basically gets men to practice mas- during masturbation and they rate their arousal levels. So, and they put it on a scale of one to 10. So what they're looking for is the level where they can sort of hover nicely and know that they're not going to let go. And maybe for some guy, it might be a four. So he knows that if he's a level arousal of four, he's okay. He can sort of, he's he's in sort of safe territory. But the minute it goes up to five or six, it's all over sort of thing. So that is something that a man can do, which is a very, very effective technique. And it's taken over from what used to be called the squeeze technique, where you would put your finger on the, thumb on the frenulum and then put your fingers around the head and squeeze quite tightly when he felt like having an orgasm, which which isn't pleasant. And he would have to withdraw. And it was all a bit, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, didn't really work that well. The other thing that can work well is if you pull down slightly on the testicles just when he's feeling too aroused. But some men find this a real turn on, so it can, can have the opposite effect. So, um, so the other thing you can use is a different type of thrusting technique. So if you look at the Kama Sutra, their solution to this was that he would do one deep thrust, 10 shallow thrusts one deep thrust, nine shallow thrusts, and sort of follow this to sort of put off the thing. So changing stimulation helps as well. Anything that gives him a little tiny little, even if it's seconds of no stimulation, that really will help. Yeah. And I think it's important to talk about it before you get started. I I think our generation of women now, maybe the younger generation does talk about this, but for us, I feel like when we were dating, we wanted it to go longer. And then once we were married and had kids, we wanted it to happen quicker. So I feel (laughs) like I, you know, for guys, I feel like they're in a tough spot because for a lot of our lives, we're complaining like it was too quick. And then when we're married, we're like, hurry up, you know? (laughs) And so they don't know. And then we're like making them stressed out about not having an orgasm because we're like, we only have three minutes before the kids are coming down. So there's this really unique experience that we're asking them to do these two extremes. And I think I mean, my what I've learned at least in the last five years is is a conversation about things that you probably never thought you'd conversate about with your partner really changes everything. What do you mm. want? What would be great for you? How long is good for you? Mm. What do you need? And then you kind of find a rhythm and you say like, we're going to work on this together, just like you would if you were doing anything else in the house. What's your part in it? What's my part? What do you like the best? And I think if you start talking about it, then you have a plan and then you don't get caught up in some type of expectation either on either side. but And of course, it has to be said that you don't need an erect penis to have a great time in bed. And in fact, one really? thing that they often know, because you can, you know, oral sex, hands, sex toys, there are many ways to give each other an orgasm. And for women, most women have their orgasms through foreplay anyway. But um, the other thing you can do is use his penis, even if it's completely flaccid, as a masturbation tool, and it can be quite sexy, where you sort of straddle him and you put the, the top it, the top part of the penis, so the bit that he sees when he's looking down, and you sort of 
put your vulva over the shaft and rub up and down. And it can be really sexy. And it makes him feel like, great, okay, well, my penis isn't useless after all. So even if he's ejaculated really quickly, you can use it for as a sex toy, basically. I like it. I think it's good. I think, no. So everybody talk about it and try some new things. That's the whole, the whole thing I'm learning is it's about being open to conversation. We just, we just haven't been taught to talk about sex. There's just no world growing up where we're taught to talk to our partners about sex. Mm. Hopefully it's different now. I hope so too. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. Here comes the next question from a listener. I have been cheated on all of my life, and I don't think I'll survive if another man does it to me. I am obviously crap at choosing partners. I want to know if there's a way to reduce my chances of it happening again. Are there things I can look for that hint that someone is likely to be unfaithful? I have so much to say about this. Mm, So do I. Go ahead. Can I just say sorry for the poor... I've got like so, so much, but can I just say I was out a few weeks ago and I ran into this girl that I sort of know well, but not that well. Anyway, she said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here because I've just met this new guy. Can you like spy and see, read our body language and see how it's all going and everything, see whether you think he's great? So I'm sitting there and dutifully spying and thinking, oh, I don't really think the body language is great. But anyway, we walk over to say goodbye and the minute this guy starts talking, I'm like, oh my God, he's got cheater he might as well have written it in felt pen and put it on his head and I tried to figure out why it was so obvious and I reckon it's because he he knew his worth he was about early 50s pots and money which made you know made sure we knew about that really on and okay to look at and he knows that guys of that age you know often go out with very young women and so it's unusual to meet somebody you wrote you know around 40s 50s who actually wants to date a woman similar age and she didn't know her worth she was early 40s probably and you could see she was like oh at last I've met somebody my own age ish you know and so first up know your own own worth second up trust your gut instinct because she you could tell she kind of knew that this guy was bad news yeah, so they'd be my top two. And then I have a little list which I'm going to go through. But Kelsey, so what would you say about this? I mean, just in, in regards to what she wrote, if if you've been cheated on your whole life, I would say, first of all, I'm sorry that's happened. And yet it seems to me that you're picking the same type of person over and over again, because mm-hmm. we do have agency in who we choose as a partner. So something in you is attracted to people who cheat. 
So I would, before you go looking to blame the men that you are finding, I would do a deep dive into what it, what in me is attracted to men who are going to hurt me because I keep doing it over and over again. And I don't want to get too deep into psychology, but we normally do what we've always done because mm, we know it, even mm. if it's painful, even if it doesn't turn out the way we like, but our brain likes to do the same thing over and over again. So something in you what, picks men who are going to cheat because then it confirms what you already believe that men are cheaters. So you might have to work on some of your thoughts and your choices in what you want and how you want to walk through the world, because maybe you're kind of addicted to being mad at men, or maybe this it'll keeps be, you safe. some kind of parental thing. It yeah. will be. It'll be something like, it'll be a father thing or, you know, and she will be dating a type. Like they might look differently, but I can tell. That's gonna, what I was going to tell you. I'm, it I'm might be read, a nerd. Yeah. It, it's. I'm going to read out this list and I bet you... I want her to write and tell us what she thinks to say, is this right or not, right? So they do know quality. You can pre-pick a cheater. Well, as much as you ever can, right? The first thing is looks and desirability. The more good-looking they are, the more often they're going to be hit on, the more likely their self-esteem's tied up with their looks because that's all they get, you know, congratulated on. So they, when they get older, they hit on people to see whether they've still got it. So if really good-looking people are going to be less likely to be faithful. Phew, I'm feeling safe about (laughs) (laughs) Hardly. Infidelity is contagious as well. They've just done a study in Israel where they they put up the premise, so if you're surrounded by people who cheat, are you more likely to cheat? And surprise, surprise, yes, you are. So look at the friends, look at the work environment. If they have friends who cheat, they've learned that that's fine. It's normalized it. And, you know, that there's, you know, I, I remember talking to some bankers once and just saying, you know, they, you know it, and they said they, they actually, one guy said he wanted to be faithful to his partner at the time, but he was actually ridiculed and ostracized because everybody in that environment. Everybody. In finance, so, forget about it in finance. Yeah, it's part of yeah. the game. So anyone in finance, forget it. People who drink a lot or do a lot of recreational drugs. Finance Because again. they make, um, they make, Choices that they, um, they, you know, everything's a terrific idea when you're off your head, aren't they? So if your parent had affairs, some people can go one way or another. Like I, I looked at my mum and my dad. My dad had an affair and my mum slid down a wall and my dad seemed fine. And I thought, well, that's horrible. And I thought I would never cheat. But then when I was out in a relationship, it was like, well, I know which one I'd rather be. So I did. So you've got to look for things like that. Personal value systems. Some people are faithful to people who are dead for a decade. Other people think affairs are justified if their wife doesn't put out for two weeks, you know. So People who travel for work, and this is the magic threesome, opportunity, boredom, and temptation. And this often, if you can get this little combination, people who often don't even want to cheat end up cheating or are not inclined to cheat end up cheating in that um, environment. So people who work in high drama professions like, you know, stockbrokers, doctors, they're used to playing God. They, you know, doctors see that this could be your last day. And any, any profession where you get more money, and, you know, the more the, the more money you've got and the higher status, the more like you are to cheat because you've got so much opportunity. So I've got a little list here of what she should be looking for. She's got to keep her eyes open for, wait for it, someone who's average looking, surrounded by angelic friends, doesn't drink excessively or do drugs, parents together and happy, believes in monogamy, doesn't travel for work, has an average job and earns average money. Could I be any more specific? And that sounds boring, but you know what? When he's not cheating on you, 
That is the sort of guy that is less likely to cheat. It's interesting because, you know, you always think of uh, cheating as a moral issue, but you what what you described is there are life situations that just can push you over the edge. So everybody has a propensity to do it, but if you're not given the opportunity and you're not traveling or you're not making mm. tons of money or in something where your ego is really big or you're, I mean, it, it cuts it down. I've never thought of it though. I've never thought of it as, as a list of things that you can look for. I've always thought it was a gut feeling, an intuition, a moral thing, but you're right. If, if you drink enough and you're far away from home and everybody's doing it, mm. it's hard to say, it. right. Whereas if you are, if you never leave your house and you're mm. a gardener, and you eat dinner Gardner. with your family every God, night. Did you I not watch know. Desperate Housewives? That's true, but I don't think he was. Well, they, that's true. Always have affairs. God, and gardeners do. I don't know if I could. I don't know about the gardener. Well, they're meant to be hot, aren't they? Hot and young. And, a hot gardener. It, the pool I, guy. I yes. swear, if you've got a friendship group and you're with, and you're a couple, and you're with lots of couples, and everybody's happy, and no one cheats, that's true. You're so it cuts it down dramatically. It that's really true. does. No, that's that's. I, I haven't thought of it that way, but you're so right. It is it is the people that you hang out with and mm, the, the crowd that you, you the company you keep matters always. I tell my kids that all the time. Be careful yeah. who you choose. What is it that you're like your look at the look at your five best friends and see your future? God, that's a good one. You know, so like who you hang out with matters deeply. And I think same in relationships. And that's why I think I valued I valued when I was married the people that we hung out with because we all we all believed in the same thing. So it, mm. it worked. It does okay. work. Yeah, that was great advice. That was that was one of your best. All right, here's the next one. <laughs> the next the next question. I'm an inexperienced 24-year-old straight woman and new into a relationship with a guy I really like. I've deliberately put off having sex with him because I want it to be awesome. Do you have any tips on how to impress him and things I shouldn't do? That's weird because I asked Tracy that exact question when we started doing the podcast. I was like, no, not really, but kind of. I was like, let's go, sister. Give me some tips. Well, I think that what men want the first time you go to bed, so we're looking at it from his perspective, I think there are certain things and they're less tricks and tips and being able to twirl your tongue around a cherry and, you know, like do all that stuff. That way I'm going to give you a little hand job trick at the very end. But it's things, it's all about, as we talked about before, it's about attitude and enthusiasm. Number one, keep the lights on. It's so unfair when people don't keep the lights on because normally, especially because she sounds shy, he'll be the one in charge. He'll be the one. I mean, the pressure's on men, really, that first time because he's the one that has to make the moves. He's trying to read your body language, get everything in the right place, you know. And so if he hasn't got the lights on, he hasn't got a hope in hell, which, which makes it all very clumsy then. And he also knows that you've kept the lights off because you're worried about your body. And I think this, of all the things that men go on about, is is women who sort of, they put their hands here, it's like, oh, don't touch that bit, don't touch the fat there, don't touch this. And the thing is, if you're going to have a relationship with this guy, which you are, you know, you might as well let him see it. And I mean, I honestly, they don't care. the first time. He's going to be looking, he's not going to be going, hmm, do you know what, the breast and the thighs, I'm not sure they're in proportion. Do you? They're going to be yeah, thinking, you're oh not my a God, chicken. she's naked and, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's naked and we're going to be having sex. So relax about the body. And the other thing, which is an old favourite that men always say, don't be a dead starfish. Don't just lie there and do nothing and let him make all the moves. That's a real no-no. But the best thing that you can do, First time having sex, or quite frankly, any time having sex with anyone for a man, is to give great oral sex and not be asked to, be, without having to be asked to and looking like you enjoy it. 
because I remember interviewing this young group of guys. I can't, it was ages ago and I can't remember why, but I remember this guy saying to me, a woman who goes down on you and looks like she enjoys it and you haven't asked her to, you've hit the jackpot. And all of them were like, oh my God, yes, you know, that's exactly it. Good to know, yeah. And I think that is a really good thing. And also, most of all, though, don't overreact if it doesn't go to plan because he's got all the pressure of the poor, I mean, penis, Emily, we talked about this before, who would want a penis? You know, he's got to get an erection, not come too soon, not come too too late. I mean, it's all, the pressure's all on him. So the biggest gift you can give him is if everything goes a little bit wrong, just be kind. I love that. I love that idea too. And I think that, um, I mean, the only thing I've learned, obviously, you know, as I've kind of gone through the second half is that they, all they want is for you to be open and, and playful and, and not so nervous. Like, God, I wish I could tell my 21 year old self that it's not so serious. It doesn't have to go so right. It can be fun. The lights can be on. Nobody cares. They don't care about anything. I mean, you can't believe that because you care so much. But the more you get involved in these things, the more you realize guys do not care about the same things we do. No, so if you're up it. for things, they're they're so happy that you are joyful and experimental and that you try things, but they don't, the things we worry about are not are so far on their radar and vice versa. But I do mm. agree with you. I would I'm glad I don't have the penis because there's a lot of pressure on that penis the first oh time. My God. We can Awful. pretend everything. Everything. Yeah, we can pretend everything. Yeah. Thank you, and, God. And confidence is so important. Did, uh, the amount I was just thinking then with that group of young guys, and the other thing that that came out really strongly was confidence. Women who were confident in bed and took control, and you know, just really loved their bodies and got into it. Now, the little hand job technique trick is called blow up doll. This hand technique, and it's called that because you kind of make a fake vagina with your hand. So if we do it together. Kelsey, I'm doing so it also, guys. Hands together, mm-hmm. fingers interlocked. And then you put your thumbs in front and cross them over. So you've got like a little hole, right? Okay. A little hole that his penis can fit through. So that's what, so you put his, make you know, this is the technique. So you put his penis, so it's nestling and snuggling right inside there. So it's sitting in the middle of that little hole. So all your hands are all interlocked and around and your thumbs, so your thumbs are on the other side of his penis. And then you literally move your hand up and down, side to side, left to right, up and down, side to side, left to right, and put a little twist in there. In that order, up and down, side to side. It's just basically, so you're covering a whole Like a joystick, then, like you're holding a joystick. Yeah, like you're holding okay. a joystick. Okay. And make sure you use lube or a little bit of pre-ejaculatory fluid or something. And um, or spit, spit works well. And just move it. So you're literally, you're covering a big area. It's a foolproof way to do a hand job. And as you go up over the head and the glands, you can do that little twist. And, and it, it really does work well, especially if you're nervous and you're not confident about giving hand jobs. So there you go. But don't, I wouldn't do that before... Maybe, actually, maybe it's not good for the first time. Because if he's really excited, this is quite an intense feeling, that hand job feeling. Okay. So it might push him over the edge a little bit too quickly. It sounds better because then your hand doesn't get tired one hand and you kind of, you, you've got a position. Yeah. I think that's great advice. God, I'm telling you what, you're the expert <laughs> for a reason. No, because you, they, listen, they, they need to tell people this. They need to tell kids this. They need to tell people in high school this. Why do mm. we have to figure this stuff out on some creepy for us, Playboy magazine or some weird YouTube video that you see in an alley, like this is important. It would change so oh much. Gosh. If we had what, some- What generation did you grow up in? The, the 60s. 40. I was in the 60s, <laughs> the 50s. 
picking I'm up a seeing. Playboy in an alley. But that, I, that's the first time I saw anyone naked. I remember someone no. out of a trash at a swim meet. Yes. And we were all gathered around it. And I was like, that can't oh be what God. people do. That cannot be what people do. And, and they were like, yes. But, but I just- from, Where were you from? The South. Florida. But I mean, still, we just, it wasn't, it was not, it was talked about from a moral perspective and a safety perspective and a pregnancy perspective, but it was never talked. My mom was never like, so what you're going to do is put your hands, clasp your hands. <laughs> but but we teach our kids to do everything else but this. Oh, no. My so, parents weren't that great in telling me anything, but, also, but I had my big sister who did, and right. they did give me a book. Um, like the joy of sex, and said, oh, "I think you should great. read that." Yeah, I know that's pretty yeah, ahead of the time. That, yeah, so. I suppose so. But I'm like nearly twenty years on you, aren't I? Anyway, that's going to make me laugh forever. The thought of you as a little kid picking up a Playboy shocked. in the shocked, shocked, still shocked when I think about it. I wonder it. which which issue it was. It was Who probably was it? it was like I just remember being like, "My Lord, have mercy!" I didn't even know these <laughs> positions and those parts were possible. <sighs> My mind was blown, blown. Oh, my God. You should say, my Lord, have mercy when you're having an orgasm. My, I, I might. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it, though. I just she, I'm I, say it. I just wish, I'm just so grateful that we have these conversations and that we have this because I think so many of us, now the younger generation sees it all. I mean, you see it on yeah, everything. They do. Yeah, I mean, they're much. having sex on music videos now, like regular ones during the Grammys. It's, you know, it's not a big deal. But for me... It was literally flying blind for 20 years or listening to what your husband told you he'd like you to do. But your brain was like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't go from this person to that. And you're teaching us how to do that. So on that note, we'll close. <laughs> and I'm so glad we're back. Yes, I know. We're back, you everybody. We're back because we're over-talking because we haven't spoken for so long. Anyway, everybody, okay, so we'll see you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.